Hey, good morning, everybody. Glad you're here today. I've got good news today, too, y'all. The Falcons will not lose tonight, y'all. <laughs> we cannot be, we will not be disappointed, will we? Anyway, that was, that was low-hanging fruit, wasn't it? It was low, low, low. Hey, we, we started a new uh, two-week series today. Um, it's called I'm Invaluable. I mean, I, I, it's, I'm in, and today I'm talking about I'm Invaluable. Um, next week we're going to talk about I'm Invested. Uh, but the whole concept, I'm in. Uh, we all have times where we felt unwanted um, and where we felt uh, uninvited. Uh, and and, and I, there's two types of, of uninvited. There's the good uninvited. You know what I'm talking about? Like, are you going to help so-and-so move? I didn't get invited. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God they didn't invite me. Or, you know, we're having a painting party. I didn't get invited. Um, or somebody went to a swim meet. Anything, anybody ever been to a swim meet? You know, they say that... Um, if you knew you only had one day to live, to go to a swim meet, because that's the longest day of your life. <laughs> I didn't get invited to the swim meet. As a matter of fact, there's this happy I didn't get invited to do whatever you didn't really want to do. You ever have those moments? Like you get in the car and go, boy, I'm so glad. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't get invited to that. By Gary. Anyway. And then there's the other uninvited. This is not happy. This is devalued. Unwanted. You ever see people post something on Facebook and you're like, man, I didn't get invited to that. Or there's a celebration or some friends went on vacation or you didn't get accepted into the college that you wanted to. Or there's a lunch or an outing at or to. Man, these are tough, uninvited, tough, unwanted. I remember when I was in uh, middle school, uh, when I grew up in Newport News, Virginia, our school system at the time was a little bit different in that high school was only 10 through 12. I don't really know why, but it was 10 through 12. And middle school was eight and nine. Uh, we had like two middle schools. We had six and seven, eight and nine. They've changed all that. That's how old I am. But uh, I remember when I was in ninth grade, um, they said you could try out for the baseball team. And I was, I was a decent athlete. I wasn't great, but I played sports and played for some school teams. Um, and I remember when I was in ninth grade, I, I went out for the high school baseball team. Um, I guess it would be the JV team. And I didn't make it. And here, here's, here's the part where it got really, really, like, embarrassing. I rode the bus home from school. And kids on the bus were like, I thought you were playing baseball. I was like, you know, I didn't make the team. You ever had a moment like that? Man, those are rough moments, aren't they? They didn't want me. Felt unwanted and uninvited, not good enough. And sometimes, subconsciously, unintentionally, 
we can give that feeling to people as a church. Now that sounds crazy, doesn't it? That sounds absolutely crazy that people could feel that way, but people can feel that way that, hey, I'm not invited. I'm, I'm, I'm not wanted. And a lot of times we, we kind of can impose this upon ourselves because we start to think about our past and who we are and what we've done. We're like, surely they don't want me. But then on the other hand, sometimes we experience this, and I, I, I never think it's intentional. I don't, I don't think the church ever intentionally says, hey, you're not welcome, you're not wanted, I, that, that's, you know, we don't, we, we're, you're not invited. But sometimes we can kind of give that vibe. That vibe can just be there that you're not wanted, and, and it can be through just things that happen, experiences. And so we've got this series, I'm in, where I want you to feel like, Man, you're in. You're in. You're in because Jesus says you're in. Is everybody with me on this? Like we did this men's group last week. Last Tuesday had a great uh, better man group. It, we got another one. It's every Tuesday at 6.30. Better man who doesn't want to be a better man. If you don't show up, we'll know why. You don't want it. Okay, that's good. <laughs> but one of the guys said, man, thanks for inviting me to the group. I said, hey, man, we needed the dues, y'all. That, that was a good joke, y'all. <laughs> But there's a part of us sometimes that just needs to be reminded that we're in. And today I want to talk to you about that you are invaluable. Because so many times in our lives, our lives are marked by uninvited, unwanted, not good enough. And we mark these, these things and, and, and we don't talk about them that much because they hurt really deep. They do. We don't ever talk about, you ever talk, I, I never felt like anybody wanted me. I never felt like I got invited. We don't talk about, we just bury them deep. We bury them because we feel like we're not good enough. And here's what I want you to hear today. The message today is you are invaluable. You are good enough because Jesus Christ wanted you, that he wants you. But you are invaluable. And we're going to be using, as an illustration today, Paul writes and uses this great illustration of our bodies. Now, let's ask you a question. Is there anybody that you don't like a part of your body? Great. Everybody here. We're all, we're all together. Great. I have really large feet. I do. Like, if anybody want to guess what size shoe this is. Anybody want to guess? This is a 13. I wear between a 13 and a 14. I do. And it's pitiful. You would think I'd be this tall. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, a guy that I work out with in the gym, his name's Clay, Clay Hodges. Clay said, man, you've got the feet of a six foot five guy. I know it. And I, I feel cheated because of that. You know what I mean? I feel like I ought to be six foot five, but I'm not. And it's embarrassing. Here's, here's the funny part about, we're going to talk about the body today, but the, this whole concept that Paul gives us that, man, we're part of the body. But even in our body, we kind of feel weird about things. So I'm going to go over some scriptures here and just this concept that you are in, not only in, you are invaluable. You are invaluable. Here's a scripture right here. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Saying that we're all different parts. We're all different parts. But we all make up one whole body. Not just Eastridge as well. We're talking about the body of Christ universal. We're talking about Eastridge, but we're talking about the body of Christ universal and here's what the word invaluable means. This is what I want you to see. Is the word invaluable means, it means priceless. Indispensable. Irreplaceable. And that's you. 
that you are priceless. You know, Ali used the, the phrase that you know, we're God's masterpiece. That comes from, from Ephesians 2. In Ephesians 2, God says, you're my masterpiece. That word mean, is, is the, the root word is the word we get the word poem. The word is uh, actually poema. And the word simply means that, man, God has written a story. He's written a poem. You're God's poem. That you, man, you, are, you are invaluable. That you're part of his story. But a lot of times we don't feel invaluable. A lot of times we don't feel wanted. A lot of times we don't feel invited. How do we change that? Walk with me for the next few minutes. Here's the first thing is this. Every part of the body matters. Every part of the body matters. Every part of the body matters. Uh, PBS did a, did a series a while back. At, uh, I don't know if it's still on. It's called The Amazing Human Body. The human body is, it is truly amazing, isn't it? And I, I'm going to give you some questions here and you can play along. Who knows how many bones are in the human body? Anybody got a guess? Well, wow. All right. Some really smart people on this side of the room. But anyway, 206. That's great, Beth. All right. Beth, don't play anymore. All right. <laughs> How many muscles? 600. How many ligaments? 900. Now listen to this. How many tendons? 4,000. In your body, there are 4,000 tendons. It's crazy, isn't it? Your body is amazing in what it does. The fact that you're still here is truth to its amazement, isn't it? Because a lot of us should have been dead a long time ago for being stupid. <laughs> and every part of the body matters. That they're all important. And Paul is using the analogy of the body to talk about the church, that every person in the church matters and every person is important. Invaluable. Look at the scripture right here. So some of us are Jews. Paul's talking about just giving that we're different. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some are slaves. Some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts. Not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. That we're not all feet, we're not all hands, but we're all part of something bigger. If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? That you and I are part of the body of Christ. And listen, you are invaluable. You matter. You may say, Gary, I don't preach. That doesn't matter. I don't sing. That doesn't matter. You're still part of the body of Christ. And, and we're all part of one big, and I know we don't like this word, collective, that you and I matter. Listen to me. You matter to God. You matter to us. That hear me, that Jesus didn't just save you from something, he saved you for something and placed you in his body. That we're all in this together. We're all part of something great. His body, the church, his family. Well, that's the first thing is that every part of the body matters. 
But here's the second thing. That if my part doesn't do its part, then things can fall apart. You ever had a part of your body that's not working right? That's frustrating, isn't it? I want to watch this, uh, this testimony from, this is my daughter Marissa, and this is a story about my grandson Carter, but watch this. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater So I have a son, his name is Carter, and he is eight months old. At two weeks old, he started to have a couple of issues, and we had him assessed, and we found out that he had a tongue tie. About four months old, he started to just have problems. He started to not be able to sleep as well. He was spitting up a whole lot. He was having some digestive issues, and he just was not happy. It just kept getting worse. His sleeping was getting worse. He started to wake up in the middle of the night, and he just was wailing, and he just was like gasping for air. And once that started to happen, I got super concerned and knew that we had to find answers because especially with this being my second child, I knew this was not normal. We needed to go and see a tongue tie specialist to have this released. Within about 24 to 48 hours, we immediately started to notice lots of improvements. He was sleeping better, he was eating better, he was having um, less episodes in the middle of the night, and we were truly amazed. We learned from the occupational therapist that the tongue controls so much in the body. It controls how he's able to sit up, all of his muscle function, his neck. It even controls all the way to the way his legs are designed. His hamstrings were too tight because of his tongue tie. And so the same time this is happening, and I'm so thankful that the Lord is providing this. In my growth group study, we get to a chapter on the church and the body of Christ and that the body is made up of many members. <laughs> the Lord has called me to do specific things. He's giving me specific talents. And so if I'm not using those talents, then I am not contributing to the church and it's not able to function properly, just as Carter wasn't able to function properly. I mean, it broke my heart to see him not be able to eat correctly, to sleep, to just be so unhappy. And if that was just one small thing with his tongue affecting so many different parts of his body, how much more is my one small contribution to the church? How is that how is that affecting the church? If people aren't coming to know him, people aren't being able to feel loved by him, I want I want to be able to give my all to the Lord and to see the church be changed, to see people come and join the church and see them be changed just as I saw Carter's whole body and whole life be changed as well. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, 
but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. It's a good looking baby right there. I don't know about you, uh, but I didn't even know what a tongue tie was. Uh, I mean, I've heard people, we've used this phrase, and this is just my ignorance, we've used this phrase when somebody can't speak well, we say, he's tongue-tied. We make a joke uh, about it, and uh, I didn't know what a tongue-tie was, and Carter had a thing with his tongue, and he had to go get it clipped. He actually had to do his top, and, and he had some other things he had to get done that was affecting his ability to just do and be and live, and it was just affecting his body. And I think about the church that you and I are invaluable and what we do matters. And this is why I want you to hear this from me, that every part of the body matters, just like your, your body. I've been telling you for, for a while that I've been hurt and, and I'm coming out of it. I, I hurt my Achilles uh, and, and this has just been since last uh, um, the end of last June and anything, and, and I, I, they actually put me in a boot that I never wore on Sunday because my feet are so big. I was subconscious that all, you would never hear a word I said if I wore that boot. You would just look at that boot and go, my goodness, <laughs> look how big that is. So I never wore it. And Paul's writing to the church, and he's talking to us about how that Everybody's valuable and everybody's wanted. Hear me on this. Everybody's invited. Jesus is inviting everybody. But here's another everybody's needed. That we need everybody. One of my favorite movies is, is Braveheart. And in Braveheart, uh, William Wallace, you don't have to like this movie and you can think less of me because it's one of my favorite. Or you may think more of me. It really doesn't matter to me. It's not a Christian movie. But in the movie, William Wallace is trying to unite the clans. He's trying to unite the clans because England is oppressing the, their country in Scotland. He's trying to unite the clans. But every time they go and fight, the clans leave. And so they get beat because they don't have enough. Not everybody's fighting together. And at one point in the movie, he looks at William uh, uh, the Bruce or whatever his name, I can't remember exactly, but he, he looks at him, he says, unite us, unite the clans. And, and this is what I want to do. I want to unite us today. I want to unite us in this concept that, man, you make a difference, that your life matters, that you matter to God and what you do matters. It makes a difference, an eternal difference, that none of us are just on cruise control and nothing really matters. It, it, all, it all adds up. It all makes a difference. And Paul uses this and he says, he shows us this through the scripture right here. If I can get it right there. There it is. There it, is. it says, but our bodies have many parts. Now look at this next phrase. And is a conjunction joining two thoughts together. And God has put each part... Tell me what that next phrase says. Just where He wants it. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, listen to me. God has placed you exactly where He wants you. In His body. And you've got a gift. You are invaluable. You make a difference. Now, if you are a tongue, then you, you are needed. Maybe not as much as you think you are, but you're needed. 
If you're a big toe, you're needed. If you're a pinky, you're needed. If you're a butt, we've got a lot of those already. If you're a hand, you're an ear, you're an eye. If you can sing, if you can rock babies, if you can greet people warmly, if you can be kind, if you can give encouragement, it's all needed and it all makes a difference. See, I have this dream of having, and I'll just say it, I have this dream of having a congregation where everybody serves. I'll just, I'll just be honest. That's my dream. It's a pastor's dream. And I know some of you are going, that'll never happen. It has happened with us. When we started off and we were portable, we, had, we started off with 100 people. Some volunteered for a year to be part of the South Campus down at the high school, and some went back to the East Campus. But we started off with 100 people, and everybody served. Everybody, we, we said, hey, if you're going to be part, we're going to need everybody. We had, and this is not, I said this last, this is not about me using you. I don't want to use you. That's not what I want. I don't, I don't go there. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that. But it's really about you doing your part in the body so that the body can do its part. See, Paul writes, he says, and God has put each part of the body where he wants. He said, how strange a body would it be if they only had one part? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The, hand, the head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. That everybody's needed. Paul's, Paul's addressing, not, I just think this is written 2,000 years ago, and Paul's addressing this, saying, hey, everybody's needed. Everybody, because they had the same issues back then that we have now, that people feel unwanted. They felt unworthy. They felt uninvited. And Paul said, no, 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 no. You're part of this. This is a big deal. And so we set up in the atrium, if you're not serving, some serving opportunities that we have. In the atrium, there's some tables and everything. Even in your seat, there's a QR code. You can do the QR code and sign up to serve. We want to make it as easy as possible. We're not asking anybody to serve every week. We're not wanting to, to, to burn anybody out. But we are valuing you by saying you're needed. You're wanted. You're invited. Every part of the body matters. If my part doesn't do its part, then things can fall apart. And then here, I'm just going to close with two thoughts. One, I'm invaluable. That you are invaluable. And I want to give you three results that Paul writes here. Three results from the scriptures right here. If we can just get the scripture and walk through here of what Paul says. When everybody sees their part in the body, when everybody functions, when the body's working well, when things are happening, he says three things happen. He said, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Meaning that if you've ever jammed your pinky, you realize that it's a big deal. That if you've broken your toe, you realize it's a big deal to the body. It's, it's big. It, 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 it's big. He's saying that, that, it's, that it's necessary. He says, and the parts that we regard as less honorable are also those we clothe with the greatest care. That we, be care, we try to be careful. You ever in the middle of the night and you're thinking, all right, I don't want to stub my toe here. You ever do that? Because you're thinking, I don't want to do this because I've done this before. And you say things that a preacher shouldn't hear you say. You know what I'm saying? 
So you, you, you're thinking, i got to be careful. Same thing, we, we, we're careful. Don't poke your eye out. We say things, don't rub my scissors, you'll poke your eye. We don't say, don't rub my scissors, you'll slice your hand off. We don't, because we, we think about parts of the body we're going to take care of. And he says, and the parts we guard less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So here's what happens. When everybody does their part, care happens. That people care, compassion. One of the results is that people care about what's going on. Care happens. Marissa talked about that we can care for more people. We can be more inclusive of, of others inside the church and outside the church. We can be more and give more care, a span of care. He says, so we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while parts that are more honorable do not require the special care. Second thing, if we keep going. So God has put the whole body together the extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. And then he uses this word. This makes for harmony. That when you and I feel like, man, I'm part of something, and we're all pulling together, there's harmony. There are. There's harmony there. That It's kind of like when you, when you wake up in the morning and you feel good. You feel, like, man, I feel good. I got some good sleep. I've eaten good. I feel good. There, your body has this harmonious feeling. Man, I feel good. Feeling real good. Same thing is true in the church, that the harmony happens. And then finally he says, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, then all the parts suffer with it. And here's the last part. That there's compassion and empathy. Because we're all part of it. What's going on? Compassion and empathy. So you are invaluable. We all have different gifts. Some of us have extreme mercy gifts. Man, we need you. I don't. I have, I've told you all this. I have mercy gifts. I'm good when the chips are down. But I'm one of these people that when I coach my kids and I hit the ball and I hit them in the mouth, they're bleeding. I say, wipe it off. Come on. We're going to keep going. I know that sounds terrible. Like, I don't have, but if they really hurt, I, I'd really, I was good. I was really good. But some of you have mercy gifts. Some of you have leadership gifts. Some of you have serving gifts. Some of you had empathy gifts that, man, just make things special. Every part of the body is needed. Which leads me to the last part. Jesus invites you to be a part. And I want to change gears for just a little bit. Last part. Jesus invites you to be a part. You know, I talked about that we have moments in our lives sometimes where we don't feel wanted. And you may have some horrific stories. Maybe it's an affair, divorce. Maybe your parents gave you up for an adoption. Maybe you spent time in foster care. I don't know. We all have got these wounds. Man, we just wondered, you know, does anybody want me? I can tell you when I came to Christ. That was the one thing I thought is that Jesus Christ wanted. He wanted me. I, I, I remember that moment. I do. I remember that moment. And I was thinking this. I was in high school. I was a senior in high school. Excuse me. I was getting ready to go into senior. I was a junior in high school getting ready to be a senior. I remember that moment. Jesus Christ wanted me. And I just want to share with you. Jesus wants you. We take communion every Sunday, remembering that Jesus went to the cross. 
paid the penalty for our sins. And he wants us. He, his, his invitation is always come. Come on. Come in. Come closer. Look at the scripture right here. I just I want you to feel this today that, that you're part of something. Jesus has invited you. That it's, it's a big deal. Jesus says, come to me. All of you. Everybody. You're important to me. Who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. Look, not just, he's just not saying it. He's, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to partner with you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And man, listen to this. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. I want to close with this thought right here. Jesus wants you. You're part of the body. The human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Listen to me. You are invaluable. Jesus wants you. Come be part. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the beauty of your word and how you use ordinary just examples of our body just to remind us that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Lord, we thank you that you want us, that we've all got moments in our lives where we felt unwanted or we didn't feel like we were invited, but that you have given us the greatest invitation in our life to come and follow you and be part of your body. And so, Lord, I pray today that we are encouraged. I pray today that we feel like we are invaluable because of who you are and because of your church. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great day.